Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello once again and welcome to Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm Elijah Mess with me as always virtually is Brother Bishke. Feeling hot. We got Brother Lucas on the computer screen. Ready to give you a take. And tonight, today, whatever the fuck it is, we have one of the all-time special guests. You know her. You hopefully love her like I do. <laughs> it's Lodge Mistress Billy. Again. Yes. We've brought you back tonight for a horror film, and I feel like we need to set the stage a bit for the circumstances in which we all viewed this film. This is another drive-in special, but it's not what we really set out to see. We went to the drive-in. Bishki, myself, LT, Lodge Mistress stayed at home for reasons that are her own. And she was kind of right, too. It was a bit of a shit show, I would have to say. Yeah, the, um, the word has gotten out. L.A. has descended upon the Mission Tiki drive-in. There have been just maybe a hundred too many think pieces about how the drive-in movie theater shall be the savior of all movie theaters during this pandemic. And I don't know if it was a combination of that and the fact that it was a holiday weekend. Because, like... Weekends don't really mean anything anymore, but it was pizzacked. It was lines of cars to get in and all for just kind of, you know, either VOD or second run theatrical releases. People are just <laughs> dying to get out. Yeah. They're dying to see the troll movie out and about. Sonic the Hedgehog so, was on one of the screens. I, I could watch Sonic the Hedgehog out of my side view mirror. Wow. <laughs> While we were yeah. watching our movies. Yeah. But we were supposed to go there to vet, be professional and vet, and possibly lodgecast the movie Arkansas. And I did show this trailer to Milster before we went, and she gave it a hard pass. <laughs> smart, <laughs> smart girl. Mm -hmm. Didn't look like there was anything in there for you, huh? I just... Yeah, not a thing. Not enough ladies. Just, it looked awful. And <laughs> we got there. The movie started right on time, but, you know, the drive-in is notorious for not playing things very brightly and keeping their projector bulbs at an all-time low. LT opined that they probably haven't changed their projector bulbs since 1985, and I think he was <laughs> correct. Because we couldn't see anything. Blackout. At it, all. it was blackout from where I was sitting. And at first, I thought it just wasn't dark enough globally. Like, the sun had gone down at, like, 7.50. But by 8.15, there was still that blue in the sky. Like, it wasn't a pitch black night. So I thought, for some reason, that wasn't helping the projection. But, like, after 15 minutes, God bless yeah. the projectionist. Like, he restarted. He rebooted. Well, you, yeah. you play a lot of mind games with yourself when you're looking at a black screen, but you're hearing the movie. You're like, yeah, you know, it's just not dark enough. Like, or the projector bulb needs to warm up a little bit. Yeah. No, no, somebody <laughs> just fucked up. We could hear John Malkovich in a weird Southern accent booming out from the darkness. 
And we were all just like, what what life choices brought us here today? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so the movie, they pulled the plug, they started it over, and then we could see it a little bit better. Like two stops brighter, but it was still dark. But like you could at least see, you could see the actual scenes and the actors' bodies and silhouettes <laughs> in the scene. So... You know, we had to watch the first 15 minutes over again, which did not help morale. And then the movie proceeded to be just a slug. An acting exercise. Like, it felt like when your acting class shoots a bunch of scenes on tape so that the (laughs) actors can go out into the world and, like, show people, like, what they look like on film. Precisely. It it was like a series of scenes uh, with a very loose kind of drug smuggling uh, thread. It was like Vince Vaughn donated his time to this class to come by and be in the scenes with a few different actors, too. Oh. And Malkovich. But Malkovich was like, you got to let me do whatever, whatever the hell I want to do. <laughs> it was basically a woof. It was oddly flat and inert and lacked any and all tension or urgency for a drug like smuggling story or milieu. And even with like scenes of torture, it wasn't gritty or disturbing, like, oh, wow, watch the tone turn on the drop of a dime. It was more like, oh, wow, this isn't working. Uh, and I feel bad for John Malkovich because he's doing his best to give the director what he wants. Was but he, it, it just doesn't, Was he, doesn't add up to anything. So so I have to admit that I, I my my date and I like, yeah, uh, we 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 had to pull the ripcord. I couldn't sit in the car for that long. It was like an hour drive east, and my my <laughs> GPS. It was pretty simple. I knew it was only like the the two ten east, but like my GPS froze. So we yeah. overshot the exit by like ten miles, and like oh. by the time we double backed, I was like just stressed out. I was like, oh, there's man. a horror movie in that somewhere. Your <laughs> yeah. GPS fro- freezes on the way to a drive-in, <laughs> but. We digress. Arkansas is not what we're here to talk about no, tonight. No, no. We're here no. to talk about the number one movie in America right now. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> which is a miracle. Which is a damnable miracle that The Wretched is the number one movie in America by default. It's a true monkey's paw wish that these directors probably oh, had man. where they're like, if only The Wretched could be the number one movie in America. The monkey's <laughs> paw curls its finger, and we have a pandemic that makes it come true. <laughs> I think yeah. The Wretched would have done good anyway, though. It's like if you have a horror movie with any kind of a twist or any kind of an ending that seems like a twist and holds together a little bit, mm. it usually does well. If, if you have a horror, yes, if you have a horror movie that holds together, period, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're going to have some fans. So uh, let's talk about our Wretched experience. We were going to dip after the first feature for sure. And we have a few other Lodge folk that were in the mix. And the the general consensus was, you know, we'll leave after the first kill. And the first kill became the second kill, became the third kill. And uh, before we knew it, we'd stayed through the whole thing. So, I mean, I would have to say that this is the perfect drive-in movie for right now. Like, yeah. This is the kind of movie that you go to where it's just like, what is this? Never heard of it. Shot with nobody I recognize. No. 
but it came here to scare us or at least gross us out. Yeah, no, I was ready to bounce and I was just, but it just kind of kept pulling you back in. And mm-hmm. um, we all stayed the whole way, those of us who, who watched it. I had and- to see it on VOD. Um, so I watched it separately so- alone um, with a- Apple, Air- Apple AirPlay, yeah, projected onto my living room wall. So I still kind of got the, uh, the home theater effect. So the Lodge Mistress and LT saw it from the comfort of their homes. We saw it from the comfort of our driver's seats at the drive-in. So that's where kind of the atmospheric split Mm. takes place. Mm -hmm. But basically, this movie is just a small cast. There's a bit of uh, the burbs. There's a whole lot of Fright Night. I was going to say Fright Night. Fright Night. There's a little of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And and even the, the underrated, less seen Billy Friedkin movie, The Guardian. Yes. Oh, interesting. I agree. Yeah. Yes. So I don't want to give too much away about this movie because it is the number one movie in America. People are seeing it. So I feel like it might come across your TV set and you will have nothing to watch because you've watched everything. Regardless of where our bones lie, you're probably going to want to check this out. (laughs) Like at some point when everything else runs dry. But suffice it to say, it's about a creature that inhabits the body of a neighbor and the kid who lives next door kind of knows this, but no one will believe him. And it kind of goes from there. That's yeah. that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, also, there's like the way back uh, summer movie or the way, way back, you know, where the, the, the whole <laughs> right. setup is the lead teenager is like, yeah, him and his dad, they they work at like a boat rental uh, marina somewhere for the summer. So it kind of makes them outsiders like in this community temporarily. So they don't really know, you know, who's good or who's bad in general, which is kind of a little, little touch <laughs> of Ozark. Yeah. On top. Yeah. So, Bishki, what was your general impression of the scares on display? Uh, well, it, it, initially, I wasn't paying too much attention, and I didn't take notes during the film because I was just not expecting to lodgecast this. But then there was, like, a shot of a, a, a lady peeing in the woods, and then they get... they they, they <laughs> That hit, got your attention. And I was like, okay. And then there was, like, a shot of, like, a... <laughs> And then Pop there was like a squat. Sh- and then there was like a shot of like a deer getting gutted. And then I was like, okay, okay, I'm I, I think something's going on here. And then and then Ben, our lead character, Ben, he goes to a party, he gets involved with a girl named Mallory. They hit it off. And I'm just on board with this kid Ben. I don't I don't know. I didn't know any of the actors in this movie, but uh, but he was a good lead and and, and his his love interest was a good lead. I was just intrigued going in. So Bishki's relating to Ben big time. And now it's making me wonder if you ever puked during a romantic encounter. That was one of my favorite <laughs> moments of our young hero. Well, that's right. They didn't kiss. He pukes right before, but <laughs> <laughs> there there was a great um I just want to mention the she's talking about being Hannah Montana and she puts a wig on and there's a great four bone line that you mentioned uh yeah she had this wig for a long time and our hero is like well, what did you do with the wig and she's like I got rid of it cuz it started to smell like butt and I thought to myself, no girl would say that. That's what I thought. <laughs> I like that Vishki thought it was a four-bone line. It is a four. You ladies need to start saying more four-bone stuff to us. Maybe some ladies do. <laughs> 
but I I liked that the creature, our our hero Ben does a little internet research. He goes on Wikipedia <laughs> to research this creature. Yes, and he learns that it is born of root, rock, and tree, mm. and it also feasts on the forgotten. forgotten. Yep. Yes, and she's making people forget about their kids. So the so the the the, the possessed neighbor next door steals children and also um <laughs> turns the dad into a strange uh sex toy yeah <laughs> and there was a sex scene with with the possessed uh, mother and 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 the dad and that easily easily could have been the the salad dragon but they they cut away from it which was which yeah, was yeah I was getting ready yeah. I was getting ready for some great demon sex dragonry mm-hmm. that just didn't happen they they faded to black too quickly <laughs> but you know there there's there's ample other squishy disgusting moments but it never really got to that euphoric salad dragony level yeah yeah no I, I I don't I don't I can't think of any salad dragon scene off the top of my head like they're there are definitely what I appreciated about the movie was there was definitely disturbing, uncanny, like unsettling images that were definitely like of the horror like realm. You know, they're not like so much pop out scares or like stupid jump scares. And the effects, I thought the effects were generally very good. There's a lot of you can tell that the filmmakers care about practical effects a lot. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, there is probably some digital wizardry in there. But again, the darkness of the drive in, the relative darkness of the drive in will hide a lot of those sins, you know. So it just it looked the demon whenever they would show the demon just looked really fucking slimy like the slime was palpable like you could get wet from it just by looking at it (laughs) yeah you you could smell it yeah you could smell the slime yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. which is great i love tactile horror horror effects you know Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that was kind of my one asterisk because i was a little farther back in the drive-in so that when it got dark and those scenes I, i can't quite judge in terms of how good those effects were so that was my one kind of like I wish I kind of would have seen this at full brightness, but still they look good from, from what I could try to make out. And I was also distracted for part of the movie because I didn't want to go to the bathroom and wait in line with a bunch of people who may or may not have been practicing social distancing. So I was like looking around the car, trying to figure out what I was going to pee into to help me stay at this movie and and stay engaged. I peed into my Chili's to-go cup. That's solid. And that's, solid. that's an admission I'm going to make right now. We've all been podcast. there. We've all done that. I'm not too proud. And it worked like a charm. Well, for, the so. record, for the record, I would like to counter that with during Arkansas, the, the previous film, <laughs> I had to use the restroom. And I had a mask on when I got out of the car, but the line to the bathroom was so long and my, my bladder was so small. I had to go to like where the two like lots meet where it's like one screen on one side and one screen on the other. And I like peed on the fence, like right as, you know, people were watching the movie. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty risky because they had security kind of roaming around like the perimeter. What a bad boy. Yeah. (laughs) Did you feel accomplished afterwards? Uh, I, I felt much better 
knowing that I could oh, make yeah. it home on the 50 plus mile drive with, with a, <laughs> you know, easy, uh, easy ride. But, but I felt yeah. a little bad that like there could be families, you know, glancing out their car and definitely like <laughs> knowing what I'm up to. Not knowing that you're an upstanding podcaster who's just trying to do his job. And that I have zero convictions on my record. <laughs> Let's go to them wretched bones. Watch, mistress, lay it all out for us. Give us the woman's angle on this. You know, from the opening credits, I had a good feeling because it was all these brightly colored toys against this sort of sludge. And I was like, okay, this is going to be some horror with a little heart. (laughs) I knew it from the opening credits. And it was, it was pretty satisfying for me i wasn't going in with any high hopes but at the same time like i found it pretty entertaining the whole way through it felt like a tv show really up until the twist and because i was like why is this a why is this a film you know what i mean like it seems like they're following lots of characters we ask that a lot of times yeah therefore i couldn't really get behind any one particular one even though that boy ben i guess was our main character But then at the end, I was like, oh, okay," because the ending answered another question that I had, which I won't say. So we we won't ruin anything. But um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good, man. I would say three bones, three easy bones. It went down easy easy for me. It was love. It was was all right. Yeah, I liked it. All right, Lodge Mistress. Let's bring it on over to the night peer, Brother Lucas. Yeah, I uh, definitely enjoyed the wretched more than uh, excuse me it's uh yeah it's not COVID-19 it's just allergies um (laughs) I I definitely liked it a lot more than Arkansas obviously and I was impressed with the directors I think they're two brothers because there were certain shots that they really must have storyboarded because the shots were like so well composed or framed and they were kind of crucial to the story, you know, they were like very ominous. So like when the mom comes home and she's clearly like been possessed, her husband's like going to work and there's like this weird, like angle tilted down behind her shoulder. You can't really see her face. And the husband's husband's like going to work and he's like, Whoa, honey, you stink. And he like kisses her and leaves. And it's just, it's just (laughs) like, it works. It's effective. And there's a lot of those shots. Like that's just one example, but there's a a bunch of great shots kind of, sprinkled throughout and and they're edited very seamlessly like they don't oversell it or overdo it which i was very impressed by that being said story here we go story wise it's interesting because the running time is a taut 90 minutes like it's it's a solid (laughs) horror movie running time but with the exception of the cold open it it opens with uh, a a child victim getting like eaten in a basement by like a zombie and then it cuts to 35 years later it really, I thought, took a long time to get going. And I even checked the runtime like 30 minutes in because I was like, when is the plot going to kick in? Like I was I was waiting a long time for something to happen. You know, there was like weird, scary shit. But like in terms of like the actual mystery of like what is going on and when it finally kicks into gear, it is basically Fright Night meets the Guardian or Invasion of the Body Snatchers or whatever. And then when you get to the climax, which I will not spoil, it kind of ruined it for me because it's very reminiscent of an iconic popular culture TV show. And I'll just leave it at that. 
And so once it got there, I lost a lot of enthusiasm and I could kind of see where it was going after that with the ending and everything. So I want to give this two and a half, but I'm going to give it two. All right. Wow. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair, Lucas. Brother Bishke, what say you? Um, this was a weird one, but it captured our imaginations at the drive-in. I think it's a great drive-in movie. Um, if you have one nearby, make sure you go on probably a weekday if you're in L.A. Cause, <laughs> um, but um, I'm glad it's the number one movie in America right now. Um, I wish the projection bulbs were a little brighter because there was things that I, that, that's the, where the asterisk comes in with my bones because I'm just I'm not sure how good especially towards the end when it's just all at night scenes, how good it was. But um, the scene that was showing Sonic the Hedgehog was plenty bright. Yeah. And Valley Girl was playing very bright, like a couple football <laughs> fields away. But but Valley Girl 2020. Yeah. Valley Girl 2020. But our projection was a little dim, but it's still captured. You know, it still is like, you know, this is this is what's number one right now. Avengers was last year. This is this is this is the new. <laughs> This is the new number one, and um, I thought the the the, Pier the Pierce brothers shooting in Northport, Michigan, um, close to the Upper Peninsula. That's cool, yeah. Close to the Upper Peninsula, um, did a great job with um, their their location. Um, I love the kid Ben, and um, I hope to see the Wretched too. The twist ending didn't make totally much sense. So we didn't spoil much, but there's a lot of shenanigans that go down. I liked it. It's two and a half bones. Perfect for the drive-in. Go see it today. Yeah. Wow, look at that pitch. I I think I'm gonna go with the lodge mistress on this one. I'm I you know, I think I think I'm more at a two and a half in in a regular civilian mode, but going to the drive-in and it being, you know, the quarantine bump, the mystical quarantine bump where we've been giving things lately, it'll go easily up to a three for me. I had a great time and I love Fright Night. Fright Night Same. is one of the OG, my top. The 1985 version. 85 only, please. Yeah. Fright Night for real. It is one of my favorite films. And so even if even if you're a pale imitator, which I don't think this was pale, but it's definitely an imitator. I'm on board with you. Like, obviously, I love what their influences are that led them to this story. And I just think it's amazing that it's number one at the box office. There, I saw Saban Films is bringing We Summon the Darkness on a <laughs> drive-in tour as well. Oh, nice. Which, which... Works. It'll do well. It works. Yeah. Which, it, you know, on its face is great, but... Quality wise, this has got that beaten, you know, much threefold, better, I much think. better. Yeah. So I think if you're looking for some new horror that's uh, rocking around your VOD sphere, I don't think you're going to get much better than this in the current slate of what we're looking at. And I mean, I wouldn't mind a wretched too. Yeah, Let's I go for it. it. Yeah. Lodge Mistress Millie, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Lodge Mistress. Take. Yes. Thank you. Keeping it tight and right. Boys, let's keep looking for those gems, those diamonds hiding in the rough. Let's do yes. it. We got some Apato coming up. We got some kind of high-profile joints coming down the line. <laughs> Commercial movies. Yeah, summer's definitely heating up. We got a Spike Lee joint. I can't wait. So, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're going to be good, but yeah. they're coming. Love and light, every single one of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love and light. Beautiful. Beautiful.